Hello and welcome to Wagawheel Coffee Table. It's a film podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 27 of the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter slash X, you can do at WWCT podcast um, or just type in at Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast. You can also find me on Letterboxd at Ellis J. Carr. Um, you can give me a follow for my hot takes and bad jokes on both of those platforms. Um, yeah, welcome back to the show. This is, I mean, this might be within a week of the last episode, can you believe it? It's been before episode 26, the breaking Christmas edition of Breaking a Story. We, we hadn't done one for two months, nearly two months, just over two months. So, yeah, it's good to be back recording. Um, Christmas is a time that I think, well, me certainly, but a lot of people associate with films. Um, it's not just... It's not for me. It's not really a time to watch Christmas films. It's just a time to watch films, really. It's like a good excuse because... You tend to have more time, or you think, "Oh, it's Christmas! It's Christmas! I don't really need—I don't really need to be doing anything." You know, there's chores to do, but you know, it's Christmas. Um, let's let's take some time. So often during Christmas time, I watch more films, and some of those might be Christmas films. Some of them might just be films in general. You know, a lot of the time for Christmas, I'm travelling back uh, home to my parents' house, so there's a lot less responsibilities I, I suppose when you're when you're back with your parents I don't know if other people find that but you know you've just got time to kind of hang out with them and with your family and watch films as a way of you know connecting with people and it brings people together I think and Christmas more than ever um for example like last year on Christmas I think we watched another round or, or something like I can't remember if it was I, mean, I think it was another round we watched um, and that's not a Christmas film at all, but you know, it's, we just ended up watching it on Christmas. I think Christmas Eve, I think. So, you know, it's just a time to watch some good films, some bad films, your favourite films, all that kind of stuff. Um, and this week, well, one of the most, I, I watched, um, Love Actually. Um, now this is a very famous Christmas film. Um, it's one that has a lot of discourse surrounding it. Um, people find it problematic and... I don't know, people, it's viewed in a different light to what it was, you know, when it came out, but it's definitely still a, you know, a widely beloved film. And it's a film that is, has a special place for me as well. Um, me and my mum watch it every year around Christmas time when I come up for Christmas. Um, we'll watch it together. have done for the last, kind of, every, since I've moved out really, so the last five or six years, we've whenever I've come back, um, we've watched it together and it's been a nice, we, all, we know, we have our favourite lines, we have our favourite characters, We, before a scene comes up, we start giggling just because we know what's about to happen. Um, so in that regard, it's a very special film. It's also a special film because before me and my girlfriend got together, we acted out the um, pretended um, Say It's Carol Singers scene. So on our course, we had to, on our uni course, our film uni course, we had to recreate a scene from a film. And... We chose that one because it's quite easy, the group that I was in. She wasn't my girlfriend at the time, but, you know, we we kind of both looked most like the two characters, so Kira Knightley and that guy from Walking Dead. So it ended up being us, and at the time I had a huge crush on this girl, and 
we hadn't really we kind of like been to the pub together with like a big group of us from the course but never really uh spoken properly and that that kind of shoot and that night we spent filming that with a group of people was you know one of the one of the first times where we were able to just like casually chat and you know when you've got a crush on a girl and then you're suddenly in a scene where you're pretending to be in love with her it's it's quite easy Uh, and it was just a nice thing for us to like the very beginning of what our relationship ended up being you know since we've been together four years so it's it's that film means a lot to me as well just because it has a relation with me and my girlfriend so there's a lot of reasons why this film means a lot to me and I I can't remember but around that time maybe um I can't remember when it was, but I remember an article coming out, or I can't, maybe it wasn't the article that instigated it, but around that time, uh, an article came out um, that was talking about, you know, how this film kind of needs to be reevaluated, and uh, there's a lot of um, sexism in it, um, a lot of the women are punished unnecessarily, um, punished for having a passion, punished for being true to themselves, punished, at, or at least they don't find love, or whatever it might be um and i think it's a very interesting way of looking at the film and obviously you know i'm not the I sh- i'm not really the voice that should be talking about this um maybe i am maybe i don't know it doesn't really matter who's who's talking about it but i thought it'd be interesting to you know i rewatched it yesterday with my mom and i i went into it with the mindset of let me see if this is how it is because in the last few years when i've watched it i've been aware of you know what the talk around this film is and what people's problems have with it but I've tried to kind of block it out because it's a film that means a lot to me um and I just try and enjoy it to enjoy it instead of trying to trying to let these uh fair fair opinions about the film enter my mind while I'm watching it because I didn't want it to be ruined but this year I thought let me watch it let me let those feelings in let me let those opinions in and see how we feel about it um so that's what happened and we watched it and it there is definitely huge problems with it and you know you find this with like early 2000s stuff i think we've kind of decided that since the 80s we've been okay with films i don't know when you talk when people say you know eight films of age badly it's usually people are talking about 80s comedies um and things like that but i think a lot of early 2000s stuff we had a real problem with sexism and fat phobia like in this film um with oh, i can't uh what's her name natalie you know she, it's played off as a joke and not that serious and but she's said she has massive thighs her dad calls her plumpy and she's not fat at all she's very she's actually beautiful like she she has i mean this is not the right thing to say but she has like an hourglass figure she's a very attractive lady and I know that's that's not the point because it shouldn't be said either way, but it shouldn't be said even if the actress or the character was um, overweight. Like it sh- these things shouldn't be said either way, um, but it just seemed like the standards were so high. Like you have to look like Keira Knightley to avoid that kind of chat. Because even uh, Emma Thompson's character says, "Oh, I'm I'm fat" or whatever. I can't remember exactly what she says, but she kind of makes comment on her on her self appearance. And you see that with films like Devil Wears Prada. I watched Devil Wears Prada for the first time last year, I think. 
I think it was in in my um, all the films I watched in 2022 podcast um, at the beginning of last year or the beginning of this year. Sorry. And in that is, I think my review on Letterbox was the early 2000s were just fat phobia and bad necklaces. Um, and that's kind of what I felt like. There's just a lot of, that was the joke back then. Like, just being fat or being called fat, that was enough to be funny. Um, like, instead of having a, an interesting joke, it was just the dad calling her do- his daughter plumpy. You know, it's not... It's not smart, and it's low-hanging fruit, and it's disrespectful, and it's fatphobic, and fatphobic. And I know the actress who played Natalia, her name escapes me now. She has had a lot of mental health problems due to her weight, but she's a beautiful woman, and it's not fair that this film, you know, she was cast maybe because the casting director thought she was, and I'm doing quote fingers, fat enough, and I think that's horrible. Um, and you know, the very obvious, I think a, a lot of people, like the thing they go to with this film is the story with Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Uh, and the fact that Emma Thompson's character is just punished constantly. Um, and you know, that that can be a storyline in a film. And I think it's fine if that's a storyline in a film, but it's it's just so heartbreaking. I don't really have, I don't know if I have a problem with her character being punished because you know she's being not really punished but she's being disrespected in the film her character and it's heartbreaking that you don't see a confrontation really she just says to him be careful there and leaves him alone in the bedroom and at the end you kind of see them at the airport but you know you don't really know if they're together or not and you know we all know the famous scene of Emma Thompson in the bedroom crying to Joni Mitchell and it's one of the great scenes in cinema you know it's one of the great performances in a scene um I've heard Emma Thompson talk about you know crying isn't heartbreaking in a film or in general what's heartbreaking is someone trying not to cry and that's what that scene is and you know the beautiful Joni Mitchell song you know this film introduced me to Joni Mitchell and she's great um and that song is beautiful and fits that scene so perfectly. And then when she has to go downstairs and pretend to be okay. and It's just heartbreaking. But for me, that doesn't really fit in with the discourse around the film. But I can understand that it doesn't have to be a reason for her to be punished. But there isn't one. And she is for just being a good person. She's a, she's, she seems to be a, a, a good person and a good wife. And, a, you know, Emma Thompson's incredibly charismatic and charming so you really feel for that character and then you have Laura Linney's character who has been in love with her colleague oh I should say actually before we go into that the <laughs> it's so funny watching this film with my mum because she hates um the Alan Rickman's assistant she just hates him hates her so much and she's the worst she's the worst you know Alan Rickman's character is possibly worse because even if your assistant is coming on to you like that in such an overt way, you know, you don't really entertain it, you don't buy her a gold necklace, but, you know, it's just, that character's just so skin-crawling and disgusting, and it's hard to watch at times, when she, like, opens her legs at work, it's just hard, you can't look at it, it's horrible, it's really uncomfortable, and she doesn't get punished for it, you know, um, 
it's it's not the young girl who's coming onto the older guy that gets punished. It's it's the wife and it's the husband. Um, but maybe that's true of life. Maybe that should be what the story is like, or that is true to life where the young assistant is just flirting and wants and is love in love maybe with her boss, her married boss, but. That doesn't really affect her, maybe. That affects more the family that she's intruding on. Anyway, so I was talking about Laura Linney's character. You know, she's been in love with her colleague for how many years? Two years or whatever it is. Um, And she finally gets together with him. And then just the heartbreaking thing of her brother and having to take his call and just the dilemma that that... I'm very um, mixed on how I feel about this storyline because, you know, at the end she's seen at the care home for her brother, you know, with Christmas hats on, he gives her a hug and it's it's beautiful. But, you know, you know that she's had to sacrifice her love life and, you know, maybe her, her like, true love, you know, with this, this guy, um, Alan, I can't remember his name. So, yeah, it's... Maybe that, again, maybe that's just true to life. Maybe that is just true to life, you know, in the film... She gets punished. She doesn't. She doesn't get her love. All the men in the film get their love, um, or get some sort of validation, but she doesn't. And Emma Thompson's character doesn't. Even the creepy stalker guy who holds up the sign to Kira Knightley, he gets validation. She kisses him for crying out loud, and that gives him validation enough to to stop what he's doing. And it's just. It's it's sometimes it's difficult to watch the women in this film go through the what they go through, especially Emma Thomas, Emma Thomas, Emma Thompson, and Laura Linney's characters. It's just heartbreaking. Um, and you see at the end that you know she's she has her brother and they have they are close and they love each other even though he has some sort of disability, a learning disability. And at the end, you know, you see them together and it's nice. They hug each other and it's nice. But then you think. But she's had to sacrifice so much for this. Um, but maybe that's just life, as I say. And that's he, Richard Curtis is just telling us, you know, that's life. But, you know, it's a film about Christmas. Maybe make them have a nicer ending. I don't know. But you don't want her to abandon her brother as well. So it's difficult. Um, on a purely superficial level, things about this film that I love, you know, Bill Nye's character is hilarious <laughs> like his his don't do drugs kids don't don't buy drugs kids become a rock star and they give you them for free is iconic Antor deck is iconic um saying britney britney spears was the best shaggy ever had and then corrected himself saying actually no she was rubbish these are all amazing lines and beautifully uh portrayed by bill nye um he's definitely the highlight for me uh, also, the scene, the storyline between Liam Neeson and his stepson is beautiful. That's hundred percent my favorite storyline in the whole film. Um, the ending—it's not even that he gets to say he gets to give a note to his his crush or something like that. I can't remember what happens actually. Um, but it's at the end when he comes out and he gives his dad a hug and he calls him dad. Uh, throughout the film, he's been calling him Daniel, and then he calls him dad. It's just beautiful. I love that. And, He's such a good actor, I can't remember his name, and I'm very sorry, but, you know, the guy, I have Nanny McPhee and Ferb, I think he's in Ferb, and Maze Runner, all that stuff, he's he's a wonderful actor, he's amazing in this, and it's my favourite storyline by far. Bill Nye is obviously really funny as well, and you have that, 
you know the 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 moment with him and his manager at the end as well where is it platonic is it um actually like a homosexual relationship is that what that is but then at the end bill nye brings is coming back off holiday or tour or whatever and has a has a younger woman on his arm so it's it i would have maybe liked that to be a bit a little bit more overt in what it is like it doesn't have to be are they platonic is it not is it a homosexual relationship um i don't know but I, maybe i would have liked to be a little bit more overtness there but this is each to their own i guess um and apparently i was looking into it today actually there was a a lesbian romance cut from the film it was they cut like a scene of emma thompson going to the principal's office for her son and you meet the head head headmistress and she's very uptight and then you see her go home and she's got a a wife at home that has cancer and she dies in the film and it's hot apparently i watched a, a bit of the scenes of it and it's very sad but do you really cut it like why just keep it in so what if the film is 15 minutes longer you know you know this interview with richard curtis saying it's very heartbroken they took it out but like don't take it out you know the scene could have been huge for the film like the only non-heterosexual relationship in the film put it in there you know why take that one out why why take out why not take out i can call him firth's relationship it's stupid um just that pointless one that no one really gives a shit about um and i suppose you have intertwined with other like he goes to the wedding at the beginning but that's it there's no other there's no other intertwine of that of Colin Firth and the rest of the story really so don't put him in there don't cut that one cut the cut don't don't cut the headmistress and a dying wife i don't know it's kind of a trope of a lesbian couple one of them has to die um which is a problem in itself but at least have the relationship in there surely like if you're going to cut anything don't cut that one but maybe they thought they thought that was best so who am i to argue i am i have a right to argue i have a podcast i have the right and then obviously there's the uh scenes between um hugh grant and his assistant the prime minister and his assistant and the president of the united states and i do like that storyline I, I i don't like that it makes me empathize with a tory um but and you know he there's a joke that favors margaret thatcher and when you grew up where i grew up you you know you're you're taught a lot of things and one of those things is that margaret thatcher is public enemy number one and so and you know i've grown up and agreed with that um so it's there's obviously that sort of stuff and he's a very upper class character and clearly probably a tory um but you know it's it's still a really enjoyable hugh grant is charming in it the, you know the dancing's really good you know you still laugh at the saucy minx joke even though it's margaret thatcher um this where he stands up for the country against the president it does make you feel proud and maybe that's something that british audiences get out of it more than maybe american audiences or any other audience but you know that scene where he stands up and says we we what is it we may not be a big country but we're a proud country we have you know david beckham's right foot david beckham's left foot for a matter, for a matter of fact you know it's it's a it's a speech that makes you proud and 
even though we are a very like powerful country in the world and right well rightfully or wrongly so we've we've made ourselves very powerful definitely wrongly so and gone about it the wrong way but that scene we are portrayed as the little guy in that in this film anyway compared to america and it's the same when the prisoners hitting on natalie um you know it's it makes you feel proud to be british and that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> especially for me i rarely feel proud to, proud to be british it's i only feel proud to be british during the olympics and when i watch love actually other than that i can't really think of a time when i'm proud um yeah yeah really can't think of a time when as a collective like i am proud to be british you know i'm proud to be part of this island it it really really happens just because of the kind of country and the kind of how we act in the world and how we've acted in the world and there's a rare there's there's only rare parts of my life when i felt that i feel proud to be from this little island um and th- and like listening to that speech is one of them and i think that's a, that's a that's a really good thing and yeah and i like their storyline um it's really charming um he's very charming Hugh Grant in this you know at the minute I'm recording this just as Wonka's coming out in England and all his press tour, he says he's saying how miserable he was and, you know, have a bit of respect uh, for the film that's coming out. You know, if I watched um, Ballad of Songs and Snakes recently and Rachel Ziegler's been crucified for saying that she took Snow White for money and all that sort of stuff, but then Hugh Grant is saying, oh, I was miserable on Wonka. Like, those are two beloved franchises, like Willy Wonka and Snow White. Those are two beloved things, you know, childhood classics, both a book and a film. And Rachel Ziegler saying this and getting abuse for it, and he's saying this and not getting abuse for it. You know, it's there's many, there's countless examples of male actors getting away with that kind of thing and female actors not. Um, but anyway, I've got sidetracked. But you know, Love Actually. Watching it this time, you definitely see a lot of problems, a lot, a lot of problems um, with, as I've said, with fat phobia and sexism and just the way people talk to each other and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I overall still enjoyed the film, but I think if I maybe watched it for the first time now... um, I wouldn't love it so much, but just because I have so much association with it and I know so much of the lines, like I haven't even spoke about Colin, God of Sex, and he's got a big knob. That's iconic. That's so funny. It's, you know, maybe it's a little bit problematic now, like the way he is talking about women and stuff like that, but it's just so funny. I'm sorry. It's just so, so funny, and I really enjoy him. He's my maybe my favourite individual character because it's actually funny. Like, why not cut his stuff because he doesn't have anything to do with any of the main characters. Why not cut his stuff rather than cutting the lesbian relationship? I don't know. It it just doesn't seem as simple as it always oh, doesn't really fit. Let's cut it. It doesn't really seem that. But anyway, obviously the stuff in America, you know, he's living the dream. He goes to America and he lives the dream, meets some girls that like English guys and has a foursome, threesome, brings them home, you know. If I was American, I would not like this film, I don't think. Because it portrays American women as very ditzy and easily manipulated. 
um, and incredibly objectified. And then it shows your president, which, you know, is probably true for a president, is as a sexist bigot um, who thinks he can take what he wants. Um, but yeah, but I think that gets British audiences on board. Um, I mean, I don't know if any Americans listen to this, but if you're over the age of 30, 40, you know, you're, and live in this country, your opinion of American people is very negative. I think people of my generation have, have grown up with like Nickelodeon and, um, American YouTubers and things like this and become much more exposed to a different kind of America. But a lot of people who are a bit older than me just associate Americans with being stupid and rude and uh, loud. And people are stupid, rude and loud from England as well. It's an unfair um, stereotype, but it is one that this film, you know, uses. Um but it gets a lot of people on board. A lot of the audience get on board with that. And, you know, I still laugh at that stuff. I'm like, oh, these silly Americans. What are they like? Um, but And it makes you proud to be British as well. But, yeah, there's still a lot of that stuff in it. But it's it's okay. It's okay. Um, do I have anything else to say about the film? Have I missed any storylines? Like, oh, yeah, I have to speak about Colin Firth and that. Just cut that whole thing out. Like, don't marry her. You hardly know her. Don't say yes to Colin Firth. You hardly know him. What else is in this film? Uh, oh, obviously the Kieran Knightley stuff. It's weird. Oh, the fact that Kieran Knightley was, what, 17 when they filmed it? And his her husband, I can't remember his name, was like late 20s, early 30s. It's weird. It's really weird that you'd cast a 17-year-old in that role. Yeah, it's, it is weird. It is very, very weird. Let me just see if I'm missing any characters in this. I've got the uh, IMDb up. Oh, of course, Rowan Atkinson. One of the all-time great scenes. That scene, me and my mum think is so funny. It's so hilarious. Gift-wrapped? That is a joke in between us that, like, whenever you get a present or whenever you go to get a present and they once said, do you want it wrapped? It's like me and my mum look at each other like, gift-wrapped? It's just funny. It's really, really funny. Um, What other storylines are in this? Have I missed anyone? Oh, Martin Freeman and... um, you're on a page again that doesn't need to be in there either and also why are they at the school at the end it's just people you know are suddenly in people's storylines for no reason really but who cares um but that storyline again doesn't really do much for me like it's funny at times but it doesn't really do much it's why not cut that why cut the again why cut the lesbian thing why cut more emma thompson because apparently a lot of her scenes were cut as well um but yeah it's still it's still an enjoyable film but it's i think it's important to look at it and reevaluate it um in with a modern lens and i i kind of agree with that you know with a lot of remakes of films you know um i think a lot of people complain oh why they're remaking snow white why snow white now not white um and I think it's important to, you know, even with the new Star Wars films, you know, it's important to bring a new audience to films. Um, and you'd prefer for a new audience to watch a film that doesn't include bad 
stereotypes and bad language. So, you know, kids can watch the old Snow White, kids can watch the old Disney princess films. Um, I've never really watched any of them, so I don't really have an opinion on if they're sexist or if they're problematic, but some people think they are. So why not make a, a new one that kind of addresses some of those things? So I don't disagree with that. I disagree with remakes that are just there for money, like the Lid and the Tramp and the Lion King and all that kind of stuff. Like, you're just remaking that to make money. There's no things in there that need fixing, really. Um, there's no new political twist or idea or 20th, 21st century ideals that you can point to that, really. It's just the same story. Anyway, um, I thought I'd maybe, how long have I been recording for? Nearly half an hour, okay. I thought I'd maybe end this on a what love actually character am I? Oh, oh, BuzzFeed. Hello, BuzzFeed. Our saviour, our lord and saviour BuzzFeed with all the quizzes. Anyone at school used to just type in BuzzFeed quizzes and just do them all. So this is, everyone has a love actually character that matches their personality. Here's yours. Pick a place to spend Christmas Eve. New York City, London, the North Pole, Hawaii, Paris, at home. At home, obviously. Pick a Christmas movie. Elf. Elf. Home Alone. Miracle on 34th Street. I haven't seen that. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I haven't seen that. Polar Express. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Huh. I probably have watched The Grinch the most out of these, but I think I prefer Home Alone, so I'm going to go Home Alone. Pick a festive drink, apple cider, champagne, coffee, hot chocolate, mulled wine, red wine. I don't really drink any of these. Don't really like apple cider, don't really like champagne, not a big fan of red wine or mulled wine. Coffee I don't drink, so I guess hot chocolate. Pick a winter activity, baking, looking at Christmas lights, skating, skiing, building snowmen, tobogganing. Building snowmen. Or baking, but I, don't, I, would, I, don't, I never really bake at Christmas, but I will build a snowman if there is snow. Pick some Christmas treats. Oh, these are all pictures. So we have some sort of chocolate with like nuts on top. Oh, I don't know. They're, Christmas, they're like chocolate balls with like icing on them. Gingerbread, hot chocolate, muffins and Christmas cake. Are muffins Christmas treats? That's probably my favourite here, so I'll go with that. But I don't know if that's a Christmas treat. Oh, really? I got Jamie, Colin Firth. Oh, I'm disappointed in that. They've not given me a reason why. Oh, I don't want Jamie. Right, okay. Let's pick another one. Zoo.com, I remember this one from growing up, doing doing quizzes on here. Which Love Actually character are you? Start quiz. Do you look forward to the holiday season? Yeah. Where would you like to spend Christmas? At home? Sorry, I should give the I should give the uh, reason the uh, options to this. So they've got no, yes, not really, and it depends. For do you look forward to the Christmas holiday? Where would you like to spend Christmas? At church, at home, at work, abroad, at home. I just realised in the last one I clicked at home, but it still gave me the only character that isn't at home for Christmas. Anyway, who do you want to spend Christmas with? Family, friends, children, or whoever will have me. Family. Which of these following would you like to find under the Christmas tree? A watch, something handmade, jewelry, electric guitar. None of them. I don't really wear watches, don't wear jewellery, don't play guitar, so I guess something I made. Are you naughty or nice? I'm very nice, how dare you? The options were naughty, mostly nice, and mostly naughty. I'm going to go nice, let's back myself. How many times have you re-gifted something you didn't want to keep? I've only ever done it with, like, alcohol. So I, so I don't really drink wine, so someone will give me a bottle of wine. 
as a present or like at work or something and I'm like oh, I'll just give this to somebody else um I'll go with once because I've probably done it once which Christmas song do you prefer all I want for Christmas is you blue Christmas last Christmas last Christmas Taylor Swift or Christmas is all around by Billy Mac <laughs> that's from love actually I'll go with that seeing as we're doing a love actually episode what is your favorite festive treat eggnog gingerbread mint chocolate chip oh mint peppermint hot chocolate or a hot toddy What's a hot toddy? I don't know what that is. Hot toddy. Oh, it's a cocktail. Hot whiskey. Okay. Eggnog's okay. I don't really love it. I'll go gingerbread because I don't like mint hot chocolate. Which is your preferred Christmas film? Grinch, Elf, Miracle on 34th Street, Home Alone. I'll go Home Alone again. How would your friends describe you? Fun, active, serious, lazy. Probably not active. Probably not serious. Maybe lazy, to be honest. (laughs) I am fun, but I don't know. I think people probably call me lazy first. Finish the sentence. Love is for chumps, fun, a mystery all around. All around. Again, it's uh, love actually. Love actually is all around. What's your most attractive... What are your one of your most attractive attributes? God. A sense of devotion. My exotic allure. <laughs> oh, interesting. My sweetness. My photogenic smile. I do not have a photogenic smile. I don't have exotic allure. My sweetness... Or my sense of devotion. I think I'm a pretty sweet person. Like, I'm pretty nice. Sense of devotion? I don't know. I'll go with sweetness. I don't really know what that first one means. What's one of your greatest fears? My inability to express my feelings. Oh, the inability to express my feelings. The inability to develop my romantic relationships. Deeply hurting another person's feelings. Or being seen as physically unattractive. Oh, God. This is incredibly deep all of a sudden. My fear, I don't have a fear of expressing my feelings. I just know that I don't do it often enough. Um, Inability to develop romantic relationships, I mean, I'm in one. So I don't think I have a fear of that. Deeply hurting someone else's feelings, I do have a fear of that. So I'm going to go with that. I hate hurting people's feelings. It's my own nightmare. What do you like least about Christmas? Buying gifts, family members, Christmas songs, greed. I guess greed negative connotations to that I like all of the other things so what's your favourite winter activity sitting at home by the fire we do have a fire here so that's probably true skating in the park building a snowman or snow sports ooh building a snowman sitting at home by the fire sitting at home by the fire because then you can watch a film or watch the football what will you put on top of your tree I don't put up a tree angel star beer can (laughs) on the top of our tree is a snowman because we live in an atheist household um, so a star isn't permitted or an angel. We're not against it, it's just something that we don't do. So I it's not a beer can, it's not a star, it's not an angel, or it's I don't it's not I don't put it up a tree. So I'd probably most likely put up a star out of those questions. Do you prefer to give or receive? <laughs> okay. Interesting question. Does this have anything to do with love actually, giving or receiving? If it's I'm gonna ignore the connotations and i'm going to say i prefer to give presents than receive i think actually do i i prefer to mostly receive i like presents i like getting presents i also like giving them but i'm selfish which holiday scent do you like most vanilla pine cinnamon or apple don't really like cinnamon pine i like the smell of pine but pine trees kind of give me a bit of hay fever i'll go with vanilla i like the smell which carol do you prefer? Jingle Bells, Silent Night, Carol of the Bells, or Holy Night? Let's go Silent Night. It's a beautiful song. 
when do you open presents? Uh, Christmas Eve, both Christmas Eve and Christmas. Christmas, we don't do presents. In my family, the tradition is you get to open one on Christmas Eve, and that is your pyjamas, so you get Christmas pyjamas. But I'll just go for Christmas, because we open them on Christmas. Where do you put up the tree? Living room, we don't have one, by the front window in each room. Living room. What's your attitude about kids? (laughs) Oh, they're horrible. I'd like to have a large family. They'd ruin my life, but I might have one. I have no time or energy for kids. They're adorable. Some kids aren't. Some kids are the worst. And that's coming from someone who works in a cinema. Some Listen, if you've got kids and they come to the cinema, teach them some respect because they have no respect for cinema. For the cinema, sorry. I don't care if they have respect for cinema as a industry, but the cinema. Wrapping paper or gift bags? I mean, sustainably, I'd probably go gift bags. Let's go gift bags. It's easier. Gift wrapped by the store. <laughs> And they've got simple paper, bright, oh, gift bags, simple paper, bright wrapping paper, or gift wrapped by the store. To be honest, I probably use bright wrapping paper most. What flavour hard candy do you like? Cinnamon, orange, strawberry, butterscotch, strawberry. Butterscotch I like, but strawberry. Are you a happy person? Jesus Christ. Usually, sometimes, yes or no. I'll go usually, that's probably a lie. It's probably more sometimes, but I'll go usually. What is your favourite winter accessory? Boots, gloves, hats, scarves. I love a scarf. What sort of Christmas light displays do you like? Icicle lights, bright, colourful, flashing bulbs, simple, single colour Italian lights, lighter reindeer. I like single, single colour ones. You see someone and feel an instantaneous attraction. What do you do? I blush and offer a shy smile. I try to find ways I I can be helpful to them. I'll avoid them and watch from a distance. I'll tease them. My kind of love language is active service. Um, that's one that I use a lot to show love, so um, I'll go with, I'll find ways to help them. Um, where would you like to spend the holidays? The beach, friends, family, asleep, family. When depressed, what do you do? Jesus. I fall silent and keep my feelings to myself. I bury the sadness because I need to be strong for others. I need to listen to music in a quiet room in my bedroom. I don't remember the last time I was depressed. Honestly, it's the second one. I bury the sadness because I need to be strong for others. Or the first one, I fall silent and keep feelings to myself. Oh no, I'm Karen. I mean, she is one of the best characters. I'm Emma Thompson's character. I got Karen. Caring, responsible, charming. Your empathetic tendencies make you a great leader. If, if a friend is having a bad day, you are the first one there with some sound advice and a loving hug. My advice is terrible, but we'll be there for them. You tend to take things personally, yes. And you are, are not always great at, saying, at staying unbiased. I'm not sure about that. Nevertheless, you have a heart of gold and the world needs more people like you. Thank you, Zoo.com. I'll leave it at that. So I got Jamie and Karen. I'm happy more with Karen, but, you know, my husband does cheat on me. So how happy can I be? Um, but we're going to leave it there. You know, I give, I give some of my thoughts on Love Actually. Um, maybe this, you know, I, I implore you to reevaluate Love Actually and watch it honestly and watch it with these opinions and with these with this discourse in your head. Don't, and don't just dismiss it as, oh, that's woke bullshit, you know? Just let's let's begin to reevaluate some films because I think it's important to at least address it. You might watch it and not care, but, like, full of actually, I'll watch it, I'll see that there's a lot of problems with it, but I'll still, I'm still enjoying the film because it means a lot to me. Um, and I'm sure there are films out there for you guys that, you know, I might watch... I'm trying to think of it. I might watch Devil Wears Prada... And see, it's a really enjoyable film. The acting is amazing in it, but it has a lot of problems in it. But someone who's been watching that since they were a kid is going to love it no matter what. 
so I can understand, but I think it's important to not ignore some of the discourse around these early 2000s and earlier films. And I think it's important that we discuss it and not ignore it um, and not dismiss it as woke bullshit, snowflake, lefty stuff, um, because that's just that's that's just dismissive and not true, actually. Um, and you're a snowflake for thinking that. Anyway, <laughs> always gets a little bit political at the end of each episode, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, so I hope you all have a good Christmas. I think this will come out around Christmas Day, or maybe even on Christmas Day, maybe just before, actually, because um, who's going to listen to a podcast on Christmas Day? Hope you all have a good Christmas. Um, eat lots of food, watch lots of films, Take put your feet up, don't stress about work or having no money or all the shit that's going on in the world. Try and... Actually, do I agree with that? No, still think about the shit that's going on in the world and think that you're lucky to be in a house... We send around people you love, and if you're not that, um, then I hope you find enjoyment at this time of year. I know it can be very difficult for people who don't have other people, um, so I hope if you don't have anyone, um, that you manage to get some sort of enjoyment out of this holiday. Um, remember everyone to be kind to each other this time of year, because of that reason. And you know, homeless people at this time, it's horrible for them, um, and all and people in need. Um, give to your local food banks, all that kind of stuff. Um, reach out to that person you haven't reached out to in a while, check in on them. Um, yeah, hope everyone has a good Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>